This is More Christianity, exploring the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church with Father Dwight Longenecker, former Anglican priest, now Catholic author, blogger, and speaker. And now, from the WCKI studios in upstate South Carolina, Father Dwight Longenecker. Welcome to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. Every week, we're going to be considering a different aspect of the fullness of the faith in the Catholic Church. More Christianity is called that because we believe that the Catholic Church is not something different from other forms of Christianity at heart, but it's something more than. It's the fullness of the faith. And so week by week, we're going to be considering on a planned schedule different aspects of the Catholic faith to share with you the fullness of the faith in many different ways. So, for example, in the first week, and this is the first week of all, we'll be considering a convert to the Catholic Church. Our guest will be a convert from a particular religious tradition or from a different religion altogether. And not only will we hear their conversion story, but we'll also take some time to understand where they've come from, what their former religion was like, and understand more fully why they've come into the Catholic Church. The second week each month, we'll be considering the life story of a saint, Week by week, we'll be considering the different saints in Christ's church and seeing how they lived out their following to Jesus Christ in a radical and a wonderful way. Our guest each week on the second week will be somebody whose life is especially involved today with the life of that saint, someone who has a devotion to that saint or someone who follows their Christian path along with that saint day by day. On the third week of each month, we'll be considering Catholic culture a whole range of different topics, Catholic literature, architecture, art, music. We'll be seeing how the Catholic faith actually influences the culture in which we live. We'll be talking about movies and books and talking to some of the people who are involved in spreading the Catholic faith and Catholic truth through the wider culture in our world. Week four of every month, we're going to be looking at Catholic service. That is to say, what are Catholics doing to change the world and make a difference in the world around us? We'll be talking to people who are involved in the pro-life cause, those who are busy serving the poor, talking to Catholics who are living out their faith day by day, uh, not just theoretically and not just on a Sunday, but through everything that they do as they seek to follow Jesus Christ in the fullness of the faith in the Catholic Church. So welcome to More Christianity. I hope you will join me every week as we go through these different topics and we have a whole range of interesting and fascinating guests. Later, we'll be talking to Randy Hain, who's our first guest. He converted to the Catholic Church from being Southern Baptist. So we'll be learning more about Randy's uh, story in the second half of the program. I'd like to remind you that this program, More Christianity, also holds hands with the different media outreaches that I also have online. You might want to sign up for my free weekly newsletter, which is called Faith Works. It's a practical application of the Catholic faith. You might want to read my blog called Standing on My Head. Just Google that, Standing on My Head. I'll Google Dwight Longenecker, and it'll pop right up there. I try to write there every day on various different topics. And you might want to also go to my website, which connects to the blog, and you can see some of the books and articles that I've written so that you can further and deepen your Catholic faith. Now, Randy Hain, who's going to join us in the second half of the program today, comes to us in the Catholic Church from being Southern Baptist. Where do the Baptists come from? What do they believe? Well, I should be able to speak a little bit about this because I was brought up in an independent Bible church in Pennsylvania, which basically followed a Baptist theology, and so I do know a fair bit about it from my own experience. But to really understand the Baptists, we need to go back a little bit further than Southern Baptists in America today. In fact, go right back to the Reformation. If you remember your history lessons, 
You'll remember that the Reformation, the Protestant Reformation, began in 1520 when the monk Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses or 95 proposals to the church door in Wittenberg. That started off a virtual revolution in Europe. For 1,500 years, the Europeans had followed the Christian faith within the fullness of the Catholic faith. There were plenty of ups and downs. It was a real roller coaster ride. But Martin Luther in 1520 touched off this revolution which happened in Europe, which we call the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther, of course, was then joined by various other reformers like John Calvin, who started the Presbyterian Church and also the theology of Calvinism. And in England, at the same time, King Henry VIII started the Anglican Church. Thomas Cranmer was the theologian of that revolution. All across Europe, in various different countries and various different ways, these religious leaders were promoting a new version of Christianity a version of Christianity which, I have to say, was much reduced from the fullness of the faith in Catholicism, which Europeans had followed for 1,500 years. If you jump forward about 100 years from that beginning of the Protestant Reformation in 1520, we come to the foundation of the First Baptist Church in 1609. Now, in 1609, this was in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, the pastor of this Baptist Church was a man called John Smith. He had actually been a Church of England pastor. Eventually, he came to believe that you should not have any prayers that were written down. He, he turned his back on liturgy and on formal written prayers in any way. He felt that every Christian's prayer should be from the heart. It should be spontaneous. It should be the heart of the person talking to the Lord Jesus. And so they got rid of all liturgy, all forms of written prayer in their worship. Now, along with this understanding of worshiping from the heart, of course, went the idea that each individual person had to have their own fervent, personal, individual conversion experience to their Christian faith. They had to have this heart-to-heart with Jesus, if you like. And Baptists talk about it today. They say, have you accepted Jesus into your heart? Have you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? And so this started in the early 1600s, as I say, with John Smith, this Anglican preacher who turned away from the Anglican church. And the Anglicans persecuted him. That's why he went with his little flock over to the Netherlands across the North Sea and founded his little Baptist congregation. Now, one of the things about Baptists as well, and it follows on from their belief that each individual has to have a real personal conversion experience, is they therefore conclude that it's impossible for a baby to be baptized. How can a baby, they say, make a personal commitment to Jesus? How can a baby repent of its sins and accept Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior? It's impossible. And so they say, therefore, how can a baby be baptized? You can only be baptized once you've accepted Jesus. And so Baptists, therefore, teach that you have to be baptized after this personal conversion experience. Consequently, if you have been baptized as a baby, as a Catholic or a Lutheran or an Anglican or a Presbyterian, Baptists would say, you've got to be rebaptized. And that's where the word Anabaptist comes from. Anabaptist means to be rebaptized. In the early to the mid 1600s, therefore, uh, in Europe, there were a good number of these little Anabaptist sects which were beginning. John Smith and the Baptists weren't, were not the only ones. There were also the Mennonites and the Amish, the Quakers to a certain extent, and others who were all following the same fervent personal commitment to Jesus linked with adult baptism. Well, they were persecuted. They were persecuted not only rather quietly, I think, by the Catholics, but they were more fervently persecuted by the already established Protestants who considered the Anabaptists to be extremists. And so a lot of them came out to the United States. A fellow called 
Roger Williams established the first Baptist congregation in the colonies in the mid-1700s. Now, a couple of things happened over the years which helped the Baptists to really grow. The first was called the First Great Awakening, and this happened in the the mid-18th century, the mid-1700s. And then the Second Great Awakening happened especially in the southern states in the early 19th century. And when these two great awakenings happened, uh, they happened as, with a lot of itinerant preachers going around preaching a fervent message of repentance and faith, and large numbers of people were converted, and the Baptist church began to grow. So where's the Baptist denomination now? The Baptist denomination is one of the largest in the world. The Southern Baptist Convention is the largest single Baptist denomination, and they boast a membership of about 16 million However, the Southern Baptists are not the only Baptists. There are a number of other Baptist denominations, but more than that, there are an awful lot of independent churches, churches which stand on their own and are run independently by the pastor and the board of deacons and the people of that church who basically follow a Baptist theology and a Baptist understanding of the Christian faith. An awful lot of the churches out there now which take non-churchy sounding names like Inner Spring and Water of Life Church and the Vine Church and churches like that, these will also basically follow a Baptist theology. One thing about the Baptist religion is that it's constantly changing, constantly morphing into new and relevant, acceptable ways of proclaiming and living the Christian gospel. In a moment, when we come back, we're going to talk to Randy Hain, who converted, however, from the Southern Baptist Church to become a Catholic. We're going to talk to him about his reasons and talk to him about what he's doing to further the gospel today in his new home, the Catholic Church. You're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. I encourage you to be in touch. You can visit my website, dwightlongenecker.com, jump onto my blog, Standing on My Head. Also, you can subscribe there to my weekly newsletter called Faith Works. It's a practical application of the Catholic faith in your life. Also, I'm the pastor of Our Lady of the Rosary Catholic Church in Greenville, South Carolina. That's where Augusta Road meets I-85. You come and join us some Sunday. Why not connect with Father Longenecker every day through his popular blog, Standing on My Head? Why the weird title? Because G.K. Chesterton said, a scene is most often more clearly seen when it is seen upside down. In Standing on My Head, Father Longenecker writes on current issues, blogs about the faith, and entertains with his wacky alter egos, inspiring us to stand firm in our Catholic faith, a faith which stands the world on its head. More Christianity is also the name of one of Father Longenecker's most popular books, based on the idea that the Catholic faith is more than, not something different from, Protestant evangelicalism. Father Longenecker shows how Catholicism completes and fulfills other expressions of the Christian faith, perfect for evangelical Christians who want to understand the Catholic faith better. More Christianity is available through Father Longenecker's website, dwightlongenecker.com. Do you want simple advice on the practice of your Catholic faith? Why not subscribe to Father Longenecker's free weekly newsletter, Faith Works, with articles on prayer, forgiveness, relationships, and spirituality. Faith Works comes directly to your email inbox. You can subscribe by visiting Father Longenecker's popular blog, Standing on My Head. Just Google search Father Longenecker to visit the blog and look for the sign-up form.
Welcome back. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and you're listening to More Christianity. My guest in this portion of the program is Randy Hain. As you know, More Christianity follows a four-week structure. We have one week where we discuss a conversion story, and Randy Hain has come to the Catholic Church from being a Southern Baptist. He's located in Atlanta, Georgia. He's the the mind and the energy behind a wonderful website called Integrated Catholic Life, and we welcome you to the show. Welcome, Randy. Thank you, Father. It's great to be here. And Randy, you have come to the Catholic Church from being a Southern Baptist. Were you actually brought up in the, as a Southern Baptist? Yes, uh, from an early age, uh, when my family moved from Annapolis, Maryland to uh, South Georgia, we uh, almost immediately joined Southside Baptist Church, and that's really the only church I knew as a young person. And were you, in your teenage years and growing up, were you a fervent Southern Baptist? I know from living here in the South that there are some, what I might call, cultural Baptists. In other words, they're kind of Baptists because they're Southerners. I mean, which were you? Well, you know, um, I remember uh, as a nine-year-old being saved and baptized according to the Baptist Church, but as I got a little bit older, into my teen years, my faith actually started to... uh, wane a bit. My parents were very active in the Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. My father was a deacon, my mother was a Sunday school teacher, but as I got into my teen years, around 16, I really became very disenchanted with it. So did you at that point leave, just sort of become a nominal Baptist, or you just kind of drifted and, and left it completely? Well, it's, um, it's a story that uh, I've told many times to get talks, but um, at 16, right around my 16th birthday, I went to my parents, and to their credit, they always taught me to think for myself, and uh, I told them I didn't want to go to church anymore. I just was very uncomfortable with the uh, sort of theatrical, charismatic uh, presentation of the, right. uh, of the pastor, the, priest, the preacher we had, and I just decided I didn't want to go anymore. I felt uncomfortable, and I think they thought that I'd be back in a week or two. I probably did as well. But it was actually 23 years before I came back to any kind of faith at all. At that point, did you return to the Baptist Church, or is that when you became a Catholic? I became Catholic uh, at the age of 40. Uh Um, I went into the spiritual wilderness, as I call it, as a 16-year-old, and I didn't come out until I was 40. What was it about the Catholic Church at that point which which attracted you? Well, you know, it's interesting, because I did not grow up around any Catholics, really had no knowledge of the Catholic Church other than an historical perspective Mm -hmm. uh, as a young person. But um, I knew that the way that the Baptist Church conducted itself just didn't click with me. I I, I felt like the preacher made it up as he went. I didn't like the evangelical aspect of it. I was looking for something more, but I couldn't identify what that something more was. So in Catholicism, you, you found more Christianity? Well, I did. As a 40-year-old, I was kind of coming to the crossroads in my life with uh, a lot of things weighing on me. My life was not necessarily where I wanted it to be. I was successful in business, and I had a great family, but I was empty. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was being drawn to the truth, although I couldn't put my finger on it. Eventually, that truth wound up being the Catholic Church. Wonderful. What was it that you found in the Catholic Church specifically that you did not have in the Baptist Church? Well, we had, um, first of all, a central teaching authority in the Catholic Church that just does not exist in the Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my understanding, uh, I think this is correct, that really any preacher who goes to seminary is left to discern and determine what the Word means, and, and they can preach it as they see fit. And right. I, I guess I always felt uncomfortable with that, but I, I love the way 
that there is a central teaching authority in the Church. So there's the, there's the historical aspect of the Catholic Church that I found fascinating. Uh-huh. I'm attracted to the intellectual side, the historical side, and the Catholic Church, you know, is the Church founded by Christ, and it's got a 2,000-year history that I couldn't ignore. To be fair to the Baptist preachers, they do have the idea of sola scriptura, as, as you know, which is only the Bible. They only preach what's in the Bible. But of course, the problem with that is that everybody has a different interpretation of the Bible. So you're saying that it was the Catholic Church which helped you to understand that there could be an interpretive authority, which, which was actually uh, there to help us understand the Bible in, in, uh, with the authority of Christ. Exactly. Okay. Much better stated than I did. Well, let's look at it a different way. You come from the Baptist Church. What are the things that were strong in the Baptist Church that perhaps the Catholics could learn from? Are there some things there that we could draw on? Absolutely, and uh, and I don't want to leave you with the impression that um, you know the entire experience was negative because it was not. Uh-huh. You know, I I remember quite fondly going to Sunday school. Um, I know the Bible today largely because. I studied it as a, a very young person in the in the Baptist Church. Right. I, I got my grounding and, and morals and values from my parents and from my exposure to that church. So I, I think that uh, there was a lot to be said for that. And even though we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday evening, and as a you know as a as a kid, nobody really enjoys that. I, I do remember a lot of the lessons that I, I got from it. So. I think in many ways that plus the sort of the family atmosphere of the church that I attended was a positive experience. I think as I got older, maybe wiser, maybe a little more sophisticated in my thinking, what they offered didn't hold me any longer. It didn't it didn't keep my attention and I, I just began to question it. But before that time, it was largely a positive experience. Right. As a former sort of evangelical myself, and now a Catholic for a good 15, 16 years, I still think that there are an awful lot of Catholics, and maybe you'd agree with me, who could benefit from a stronger emphasis on Bible study, a a stronger love for the Bible, and a stronger appreciation of the fellowship of the Church. Would you agree? There are two things I I would say. You know Deacon Mike Bickerstaff, my uh, my friend and collaborator on many things. Mm -hmm. Deacon Mike uh, is in charge of adult education in our parish, and we have a vibrant Bible study program, but second to none. That's at St. Peter Chanel Parish in uh, outskirts of Atlanta, correct? That's correct, in yeah. Roswell, Georgia. And uh, people are starving, and, uh, and, and they're being fed through the Bible studies we're offering. It's helped me as a convert to really have fantastic relationships with other Christians of other denominations, mm-hmm. uh, because I come from that background and I understand it, and I understand what, you know, what I've gotten in the Catholic Church. I feel like I have a really vibrant dialogue with them. And I've got to tell you, I think I've shared this with you in the past, I've never been attacked for my Catholic beliefs. Right. Um, I have always had questions, and, and people have inquired, mm-hmm. but I find that as a, an opportunity to open the discussion. Good. This is Father Dwight Longenecker, and I'm talking today with convert Randy Hain. Randy is the energy behind the wonderful website Integrated Catholic Life. He's also authored a couple of books. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Randy, one of the other strengths of the Protestant evangelical movement is they are so energetic and so well-funded when it comes to uh, media matters with their radio shows, television programs, books, websites, Twitter and Facebook and all this sort of thing. Is that one of the things we need to learn from in, in the Catholic Church, do you think, or, or do you think we're doing better than they are? Well, you know, it's, um, and this is, this is a convert's perspective, 
I certainly think that um, Protestants have done a wonderful job in that arena, but I think Catholics are quickly catching up. I, I, I look at you know the work that you're doing, Integrated Catholic Life, um, EWTN's ever-growing presence. I mean, there are so many um, ways that I think Catholics are utilizing social media to reach fellow Catholics, but I think for so long we sort of rested on our laurels and uh, didn't feel the need to do it, but I think we're quickly catching up. But there's much to be learned in how I believe some of the evangelical churches are reaching their people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do provide a source of inspiration, good content, and, uh, and a vibrancy that uh, I think that we could emulate. When it comes to actually communicating the faith, tell me a little bit about how you got Integrated Catholic Life started. Well, Deacon Mike and I were looking uh, back in the end of uh, 2009 for a way to share a lot of the writing that we had been doing and we had been very primitive at that time, uh, emailing, uh, occasionally getting picked up by other websites, very, very primitive. And we decided that we could do our own blog. And Deacon Mike is the, uh, the technical guy behind Integrated Catholic Life. And uh, he built a website, and uh, I took on responsibility for marketing and working with writers. And um, we just partnered, and... Uh, you know, we just went over 2 million visitors uh, earlier this year in uh, about two years of existence. Wow, that's great. And it's great. really just become a... But we've just really gone out with a, the mindset that this is our ministry. Right. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't uh, you know, go out soliciting funds. We just try to cl- get great Catholic writers to share content that's faithful to the magisterium, and we share it with people in a way that helps them really practically live out their faith. And I think that's what's been missing is taking the uh, enormous body of knowledge in the Catholic Church and getting Catholics to apply it to their daily lives. Uh-huh. And so many of our writers are great at that. Our listeners can simply Google ICL or Integrated Catholic Life, and they'll go right over to your website. Is that correct? That's correct. IntegratedCatholicLife.org. Can I say, Randy, one of the things I appreciate about reading Integrated Catholic Life and being a contributor is that it's not cluttered up with ads. Uh, you know, I, I know I, I know, we need to keep our apostolates going and, and the advertising revenue helps to fund all of that, but you guys have been great at focusing on what you're doing and getting on with the ministry. And therefore, when you do promote a book or promote um, something which is going on, it has a sincerity to it which really resonates. And I know that's... Uh, that's something I'd congratulate you on. Now, talking about books, one of the things I am really keen on in this program is for to be to be able to show how converts are contributing to the life of the Catholic Church. Can you just mention about your your books? Your first book was a, an award-winning book, um, helping businessmen to integrate the Catholic life into everyday life. What about this new one coming up? Yes, the, you know, the first one was the Catholic Briefcase, Tools for Integrating Faith and Work, and came out in 2011, and uh, it just clicked with people. It's it's really just a, an outgrowth of my ministry work, which is integrating faith and work and helping Catholic businessmen and women uh, accomplish that, and that's done well. It continues to actually grow in sales. The new book uh, is titled Along the Way, Lessons for an Authentic Journey of Faith, also through Ligori Publications and it comes out in Mm mid-November. And that's about my faith journey uh, broken up into four parts. And uh, it may be interesting for your listeners, um, especially those of other denominations, because I go through part one, which is for me the, the journey towards the truth, and then ultimately surrender and conversion. And the second part is where I had to get my head around all of the 
the things that were alien to me as a new Catholic, the mm-hmm. Blessed Mother, Saints, all the things that we had to learn. <laughs> right. And then the third part is where I struggled, and the fourth part is where I want to get to the integrated Catholic life for myself. Great. Well, thanks for giving us that little outline of, of this book coming in November. We're looking forward to it, and I encourage our listeners to go over to Integrated Catholic Life. Learn more about Randy Hain, a convert from the Baptist faith who's been my guest today on More Christianity. This is Father Dwight Longenecker. Thank you, Randy, for being with us today. Thank you, Father. God bless you. Every week, we're going to be considering a different aspect of the fullness of the faith in the Catholic Church. More Christianity is called that because we believe that the Catholic Church is not something different from other forms of Christianity at heart, but it's something more than. It's the fullness of the faith. And so week by week, we're going to be considering different aspects of the Catholic faith to share with you the fullness of the faith in many different ways. So, for example, in the first week, our guest will be a convert from a particular religious tradition or from a different religion altogether. And not only will we hear their conversion story, but we'll also take some time to understand where they've come from and understand more fully why they've come into the Catholic Church. The second week each month, we'll be considering the life story of a saint, someone who has a devotion to that saint or someone who follows their Christian path along with that saint day by day. On the third week, we'll be considering Catholic culture. We'll be seeing how the Catholic faith actually influences the culture in which we live. We'll be talking about movies and books and talking to some of the people who are involved in spreading the Catholic faith and Catholic truth through the wider culture in our world. Week four of every month, we're going to be looking at Catholic service. What are Catholics doing to change the world and make a difference in the world around us? We'll be talking to people who are involved in the pro-life cause, those who are busy serving the poor, talking to Catholics who are living out their faith through everything that they do as they seek to follow Jesus Christ in the fullness of the faith in the Catholic Church. So welcome to More Christianity. I hope you will join me every week as we go through these different topics and we have a whole range of interesting and fascinating guests. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this day and always. Amen. More Christianity explores the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church and comes to you from the WCKI studios in upstate South Carolina. Tune in every week for Father Dwight Longenecker's perspectives on Catholic culture, social issues, saints, converts, and the supernatural aspects of the Catholic faith. For more about Father Longenecker's work, his website is dwightlongenecker.com. Why not connect with Father Longenecker every day through his popular blog, Standing on My Head? Why the weird title? Because G.K. Chesterton said, a scene is most often more clearly seen when it is seen upside down. In Standing on My Head, Father Longenecker writes on current issues, blogs about the faith, and entertains with his wacky alter egos, inspiring us to stand firm in our Catholic faith, a faith which stands the world on its head. More Christianity is also the name of one of Father Longenecker's most popular books, based on the idea that the Catholic faith is more than, not something different from, Protestant evangelicalism. Father Longenecker shows how Catholicism completes and fulfills other expressions of the Christian faith, perfect for evangelical Christians who want to understand the Catholic faith better. More Christianity is available through Father Longenecker's website, dwightlongenecker.com.